0: Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We just thank you today, Matthew five and verse six that we are blessed with a deep hunger and a deep thirst for you. And Lord, I just confess, Second Corinthians four four, that your glorious light shines in on us this morning. Thank you that our hearts are open and we're ready to receive, Lord. Matthew four twenty, we are good ground, and we're going to produce a return on the word of God that is given to us this morning. In the name of Jesus we pray. And if you agree, would you say Amen? Amen, amen is just a fancy word in the in the Bible that means I agree. So so if amen is, is too old school for you, you can say yippee for all I care. I just just say something. But we're launching this morning, I believe, the best series in the history of our church. I have really been praying about this, seeking the Lord. And as a, as a ministry team, we've, we've kind of outlined a, a plan that we sense the Lord leading us on. And so, Jared, my main man, if you'd go ahead and pull up the title slide, this is going to really bless you. First things first. How many know this is still the new year? You still have time to make good on your New Year's resolutions. I'm happy to report to you that I have upgraded from watching exercise videos on YouTube, as you heard a few weeks ago, and I actually went to the gym the other day, and I actually worked out. And so, have you know, there is progress happening in my life. Now, I'm still trying to get the lovely Miss Tara, my beautiful wife, to join me. (laughs) She's still watching YouTube videos of people exercising. But we are working on her. Let me know I'm in trouble when I get home. But, uh, (laughs) But I really love you. You're the best wife I could ever have. and You're beautiful. And you don't even need to exercise. You're just perfect the way you are. Was that redemptive? Did I redeem myself? Amen. I mean, I better stick to preaching. We're talking about first things first, and we really want to set the tone for the entire year. And and here's my subtitle. I love it. If God is not first of all, He's not first at all. And that's, again, the challenging part to the message this morning and over the next few weeks, we're going to going to dive into. I, I believe that every day you exchange your life for something. And the image that I have is, is if at the beginning of your life you're giving a set of coins. You have a different number of coins. You have a different number of coins. And it's almost like they're in this machine that you can't see how many coins you have. And every day when you wake up, you turn the little knob and your coin comes out. And you're given a coin. and You don't know if that's your last coin in the bucket. You don't know if there's 50 more coins for each day or each year. All you know is you have that coin and you spend that coin on something every single day. You spend your life on something every day. Some of you spend it on shopping. Any fans of shopping out there? We've already heard about Turkey Creek. Brooke is a fan of shopping. Some of you spend it on church. Some of you spend that coin on school. Do I have anybody that spends the coin on school? The figurative coin and the actual coin. And I've heard it's very expensive. So you've got a coin. This represents your life. And every day you crank one out. And you have a choice. What am I going to do with my life today? What am I going to do with this coin and you exchange it for something family friends church events your sports your activities. And so the thought that I had this morning is sometimes the the enemy of of where we're going with God is good things. Sometimes good things can be good but maybe they're not the best thing. Just because it's good in life doesn't mean that it's the best. The best thing that you can spend your coin on every day is the Lord Jesus Christ. The best thing you can invest your life in is God and His kingdom and His word. And so I want us to open the Bible this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you didn't bring a Bible, no problem. Don't feel weird. We got it on the screen for people just like you and just like me that sometimes don't bring a Bible to to church. So 2 Corinthians 8, 5. Check it out. Read with us. Here we go. It says they exceeded our expectations. How many know that's a good way to start out? They exceeded our expectations. If you want to exceed in life, if you want your life to exceed expectations, then there's a principle here. They exceeded our expectations. How many you know you ought to have expectations for your life? You ought to have some ambition. You ought to have some goals. You and I should have a plan and a path and we should be believing God for bigger and better things in this world and and, and more resources to help more and more people. Some people say, are you one of those health and wealth Preachers, you just want everybody healthy and wealthy. I want to be healthy and wealthy so I can help those that are not. Can I have an amen? I want wealth in my life and blessings in my life because if I can't buy my kids a pair of shoes, how can I help you if you need a pair of shoes? So I want to exceed and I want to have expectations for my family. It says they gave. They gave themselves. When we put and keep God first, it's a giving. God doesn't take your life. You must freely give it to Him. It says they gave themselves first of all. The first thing they did was give themselves to the Lord. And then by the will of God to us also. So I want you to see a principle here. That these early disciples, these early followers of Christ, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. I want you to highlight that in your mind. All of 2018, every day when you wake up, give yourself first of all to the Lord and then give yourself to other people. Let me give you some revelation. You will never adequately be able to give yourself to others if you've not first given yourself to the Lord. The more you give yourself to the Lord, the more you can give yourself to others. And so I want to show you another scripture all the way back in the Old Testament. uh, Exodus, check this out. Exodus, I believe it's 34 and 14. This sets the principle for this tone. Do not worship any other God. Let me know there's a lot of... God's in our world today. How I many you know Facebook can be a God? Because it takes up time. I believe God is dealing with someone on shopping this morning. How I many you know shopping can be a God? How I many you know buying shoes can be a God? There's all kinds of things that we can worship and that means we make it an idol. You can make another man or another woman, you can make another person in your life an idol. You can make them a God. And God says, don't worship any other God. Don't let anything else take my place because I am the Lord and my name is Jealous. Now, how many know we love to talk about the names of God? Our God, He is love, and everybody's excited. Our God, He is peace, and our God is joy, and our God is our healer, and He's our provider. And I don't hear too many people celebrating, our God is jealous, give me a J, give me an E, give me an A, give me an L. How many know that's not what we're cheering for, about the jealousy of God? But think about it, God is a jealous God. Now, I'm blessed with four children. Love my four children. Love my family. Thank God for my family. But Lillian and Tate, the youngest, uh, for those of you that are new, Tate is 18 months old. And he weighs close to 30 pounds. He is a future linebacker. Hallelujah. (laughs) That mug—he already—is it okay to say mug in church? That little man, thank you. That—is it mug old school? I guess that's when I was in high school. That—that mug is already pushing his sisters around. He's—and the other day, Tara said, "I guess it's just in boys that they just want to push everybody." Because Tate was going up and just pushing over Noah. Noah's my nine-year-old, and Tate was manhandling my (laughs) nine-year-old. And so Tate and Lillian—is my Lillian—is my three-year-old, and they are now in this thing where if if Tate has it, Lillian wants it. And if Lillian is not even thinking about this toy at all, but the minute Tate gets it, it is, it is all the world can do to get that toy back to Lillian. And so last night Tate was drawing in his little thing he draws with and Lillian decided she wanted that. So what did, what did the big sister do? What every big sister does. She came up and grabbed it and walked away. You know, what's, what's, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. That's, that's what happened. And immediately Tate just began, he went from just excited and having fun to melt down. And it was it was jealousy. The other day, Tara and I were, were hugging. You know, you should hug your spouse. Is that a new thing to some of you? You should actually hug. It's the best marriage counseling you can do. Two minutes a day. Hug your spouse. I will make her hug me whether she wants to or not. I say, praise God, you're going to hug me. I don't make her, but, you know, I strongly encourage her. <laughs> and I'll tell her if you if you hug me, willingly, it's willingly, it's one minute. If you hug me. Out of out of spite, it's two minutes. So you can choose. You can choose how you're doing this. And so and I'm just teasing. We 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 hug a lot. And so we. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that there. But but where was I going with this? I was hugging. I'm getting back online. I gotta preach. I was hugging my wife because you should hug your wife. And Tate, my, this is it. Tate Tate Tate. Y'all get back on track. Tate, Tate came up and was literally pulling at our legs and screaming and crying because he wanted mama. And Daddy had Mama, and I kept saying, "Get away, boy, get away!" I, this is my Mama time. You get Mommy all the time. This is my Mommy time. And you know he had a very jealous spirit about him. But it's okay at eighteen months. If he's sixteen still doing it, we might have to see a psychiatrist. But it's okay at eighteen months. He was very jealous. God says, "I am a jealous God." God wants all of you all the time, and God wants all of you first. And that's where we're going to land this 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 morning. So if God is first in your life, listen to me, friends, if God is first in your life, everything else will be in order. How many of you know people in their life is a mess? You couldn't dream up the mess that they have of a life. Now, I'm not saying just when you put God first that it makes all your problems go away. I have challenges just like you have challenges. But when you put God first, everything else will fall into order. You will have the peace and the the equipping to make it through anything that life gives you. Look at this next slide, Jared. Here's what you do. You start every day with God. Every day you start with a blank page. And at the top of every day, you start God first, and then you work with your employment, and you say God first, and you minister to your family, and every day you have a blank page, and you say God first, and then we process through school, and we say God first, and we, we, we get through our daily routine. I heard a preacher this week say, it was a, an older, uh, a preacher, and, and the, the preacher said, I, I pray before I even get out of the bed. And and they started laughing and and the preacher said, if you were as old as I was, you'd pray before you got out of bed too. They said, I need God's help to get across the room in the morning. And so we must start with God first and then let that funnel to our finances. I appreciate what Pastor Michael said this morning about a warm heart investing our treasure in God's kingdom. God first and then I begin to make decisions. God first and then I make decisions. Do you know how many people make decisions and then invite God into their decisions? Ooh, I'm helping somebody today. You will be in a great church, and a godly church, and you will get a new job in another city, and you, someone will move to another city and not even give a thought about what church they're going to go to. I'm finding a good church and a good body of believers before I even accept the job. Because it's God first before my decision. Some of you think this nice young lady is pretty and you go in and start wanting to date this nice young lady, and you've not even given any thought to, is God first in this relationship? You're just looking at the outward appearance. Some of you ladies see this nice man. You get the point. You say, I want to date this person. I want to be with him. I want to be in a relationship. Have we asked God? Have we talked to God first? It will save us from a lot of trouble. It will save us from a lot of mess. In our marriage, just go to God first. Yes, come for help. Yes, we get counseling. Yes, we work together through things, but it's God first. And it starts at the page and on and on. Somebody say this when we say first things first. So if you're not on the right course, if you're on the wrong course, then correct it. You could be heading for disaster. Won't you check out this short video about a man who was on the wrong course? Course. Check this out. Yo-ho, yo This is the SS Minnow to the approaching ship. Change your course 10 degrees west, over. Change yours 10 degrees east, Over. This is Captain Stubing of the SS Minnow. Change your course, 10 degrees west, over. I'm a seaman, second class. Change yours, sir, over. Listen, seaman, I am one of the captains of the most powerful navies in the world. You will change your course, 10 degrees west, over. I'm at a lighthouse, your call, over. In East. How many know sometimes we need to change our course because we could be headed for disaster? Now I begin to think about this message about, about putting God first. Putting God first. How many of you have ever heard a message or, or a topic on putting God first? And I begin to change that because there's a difference in putting God first and keeping God first. Every January 1, millions of people put God first. But by January 5th, they have failed to keep God first. It's not hard to put God first. Everybody in this room this morning is going to have an opportunity to make a decision. I'm going to put God first. But the hard part is tomorrow when you have to keep God first. That's where the rubber meets the road. And when we keep God first, we honor Him. When we keep God first, it demonstrates faith. And it unlocks blessings. And so I want to tell you that as you make this decision in 2018 to keep God first, Satan is going to come at you and attack you with all kind of distractions. You'll make up your mind every morning that you're going to get up early and you're going to read God's Word and spend time with the Lord before you do anything else. And everything will come against you like your hot water heater might go out just to distract you from keeping God first. Can I get a witness from my man, Tyler? And so if you haven't heard, he's out of hot water. If anybody wants to offer their house, I would say he would be appreciative. Are you tired of showering at Planet Fitness yet? Have they, have they figured out what you're doing every day? <laughs> but we thank God. for. Can we encourage God for Brooke and Tyler? Man, we just love those people. Fine people. And so we want to put God first. And as we do, Satan will come. As you say, I'm going to put God first. The most ungodly Handsome man will come your way there young lady and have an and have an attraction towards you because you decided I'm going to put and keep God first. Am I talking to anybody in the room today? And as soon as you decide to keep God first in your finances, your washing machine might very well break because you made a decision. I want to keep God first in my finances. And when you say I'm going to keep God first in my family and we're going to go to church and we're going to be involved and we're going to be a family of the word then you're going to see things come and begin to unravel. And you're going to feel opposition. But listen, if you never butt heads with the devil, chances are you're walking with him. It's okay when you advance towards God and, and you will sense opposition. It means you're going in the right direction. So look at this PowerPoint for life. We're talking about changing course. Talking about making adjustments. Here's the PowerPoint for life. We are not trying hard to work God into our schedule. So many believers, they try so hard to work God into their schedule. What we're aiming for as a church body is that we work our schedules around God. Because we start with God first. He's at the top of the page. First things first. Look at this next PowerPoint for life. I want you to see this. God does not want to be a part of your life. God does not want to be a part of your life. How many of you have ever had someone tell you, I don't want to be a part of your life anymore? That's hurtful. I'm here to tell you this morning, God doesn't want to be a part of your life. God wants to be your life. First things first. But when you order correctly and, and God is kept first, everything else will be in order. Everything else will eventually be in line. So let's talk this morning about the law of first mention. Now I'm going to get kind of technical here. I'm going to kind of dive into some things that are a little bit more uh mature so I, you know I want you to to really hang on with me we've had a lot of fun that's why I showed you the funny video first <laughs> so we want to we want to kind of dive into some things that are really 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 important to us and it's called the law first mention anytime you see anything first in the bible you should pay attention to it there's a scriptural principle the, theologians call the law first mention so we see something in the very beginning way back all the way in Genesis chapter 4 if you got your Bibles, flip over there or on your phone, dial over to Genesis 4. We see something mentioned the first time, and it sets the course. It sets the pattern for the rest of the Bible. All of the Bible, this theme is found through it, and it's the principle of the first. We're going to talk about Cain and Abel. Anybody in the room heard about Cain and Abel? They were Adam and Eve's children. And, and I heard a preacher one time say, if you'll quit raising Cain, God will make you Abel. And it was kind of a, kind of a goofy little thing, but I've never forgot it. It kind of stuck with me. So we're going to talk about Adam and Eve's children, Cain and Abel. And I want to show you some things this morning that the Lord really, I feel like brought out to me that I'd never seen before in, in a new light. And I think it'll really help you. If you'll listen and, and lock in, I think this will really minister to you. Genesis chapter four and verse three. It says, so it came about in the course of time. Now I want you to understand this. The course of time in the Hebrew means the end. And so apparently God had given a time frame for Cain and Abel to bring an offering. We don't know what that time frame is. It's not recorded for us. But apparently God had talked to them about what was required and God had laid out what was needed and God had given them a time. And it says, in the course of time, Cain brought an offering. And this is so powerful because the course means process, means the end of a process, meaning Cain possibly, I'm just assuming here, it's very possible that Cain waited until the very last to prepare his offering for the Lord. I can't say that emphatically, but it makes sense once we flow into the story. So in the process, at the end, the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Cain was working the ground and he had vegetables and plants and that's the offering that he brought. How I many you know God meets us where we are? God requires what we have. And if, if I have a, a produce business, then God will require me to use that produce to bless people. If I have a, a shoe shine company, then God will require me to use that shoe shine company to minister to people. God doesn't ask of you what, what you can't give. How I many you know that's not fair? God has never asked me to give a million dollars. Do you want to know why? Because I don't have a million dollars. I How many you know I would love to have a million dollars to give? Because I'm doing all right if I've got an extra million laying around just to give. But the Lord has never asked me for a million. So notice here, certain time, course of time, end of time, we, we can assume and maybe predict that, that Cain had, had, had done this as a rushed, hurried, possible afterthought. Uh, and, and then we see what happened with his brother. This was the original family feud. If you like that game show, this is the original family feud. Look at verse 4. So Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. Preacher, what is the fat portions? That's the good stuff. (laughs) That's the part that makes it taste good. I heard somebody say one thing about gluten. I don't know if you're in this room and you don't eat gluten. And this was a Christian comedian who we are going to see on Okay, I didn't know if I was supposed to say it. I thought, oop, that was a secret. No. Our men are going on February twenty fourth to see a Christian comedian as a men's outreach. So have me know men, we're excited, amen. We're gonna laugh till we cry, and it's gonna be great. And and do you hear that? Is that a train? Okay, I got gotcha. you. I thought the horn was good. I'm panicky about horns now, okay? <laughs> And so we're going up February 24th, and we're going to have a comedy night. It's awesome. This comedian said this about gluten. He said, gluten is the stuff they put in food to make it taste good. <laughs> and boy, that is true. And so he brought the fat portion. He brought the best. He brought the first. And notice this here, and the Lord had regard. Now, we don't use that word very much, you know. In this, you know, regarding you or this. But that word regard, if you look it up in the original language, all the way back in the Hebrew, it means to catch attention, to catch the eye. So Abel's offering caught God's eye. There was something about the offering that Abel brought that caused God to perk up and caused God to look at it. And God noticed his offering. And it says, And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. Now, going down to the next verse. But for Cain, in verse 5, But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Meaning, Cain went through the motions Cain was doing what he was supposed to do, but the heart was not there. It was not first, and it did not catch the attention of God. You can come to church every Sunday morning, and you can serve in a ministry, and you can be on the worship team, and you can be an usher. You can serve in children's ministry, and you can go through the motions, but your serving and your offering does not catch the attention of God because it is possible that that may not be first in your life. Some people say... Well, God didn't accept Cain's offering because it was fruits and vegetables and God wanted the animals and that's just not true. Many people throughout Scripture brought an offering of produce and so we know that that can't be it. Why did God have no regard for offering the offering brought by Cain? Why did God accept Abel's and not Cain's? Because Cain's was not first. Abel, it says, brought the first portion, meaning he has a lamb and the lamb, the, he has a sheep and the sheep has a lamb. He gave the first one. Not knowing if the sheep would have more lambs, he went ahead and gave the first to God. It represents where he was in his relationship with God. God was a priority in Abel's life. Look at verse 5 here as you've got it on the screen. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain, Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Cain went into a t- temper tantrum. He began to pout. He began to look downcast because God did not have regard for his offering. Now I want to help you here, okay? Everybody zero in and lock in with me now. Watch this in verse 6. So the Lord came to Cain and said, Why are you angry? How you many know God knew why he was angry? God wasn't asking Cain, listen, listen, friends, if you can, listen to this. God was not asking Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Because God did not know. Scripture teaches that God is all knowing and he knows all. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. And so God was helping Cain, watch this now, locate himself. Cain was not in a place that he needed to be. Cain was not... Let me you know, your attitude is the first thing that we meet. I can tell what kind of day you're having by your attitude. I can tell about your walk with God by your attitude. That's why I always endeavor to have such a great attitude because it flows out of a real relationship with Jesus. And so Cain's attitude was a barometer of where he was with God. God was not first in his life. And the Lord, because he loved Cain. God loved Cain. He wanted the best for Cain. He said, why? He was asking questions. He was trying to get Cain to locate himself so that God could begin to give him instruction and to bring change in his life. Cain needed an attitude adjustment. What he had done didn't seem to be good enough. So look at verse 7. Look what God says to Cain. Cain always gets a... You know, God always, we always get a bad rap for God cursing Cain and this, that, and that, and the other. Look at, look what God did. God said, Cain, I know, cheer up. I know that this time it didn't work out for you, but listen, if you do well, and what is to do well? To put and keep God first. If you do well, will your countenance be lifted up? means if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're in right relationship with your Father, if, if you're happy and you know it will your face, surely show it. Some of you, please tell your face that you have the joy of the Lord in your heart because we can't tell. I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart. Please tell your face. Hallelujah. It says if you do well, will your countenance not be lifted up? Meaning that when we put and keep God first, it changes our outlook on life. It changes how we handle trials and tests. I'm so proud of Pastor Michael and Candy. And I didn't plan to say this, but it's it's appropriate. Uh, this last two years has been very challenging for them. On a number of family levels, family issues and major sicknesses. Major diseases has hit their family major uh, change and and through it all i've been with him when it's not on a Sunday you know with a you know eighty to a hundred people in a building I've, I've been with him when it's just me and him and just me and him and Rick or just and he continues to choose joy, have a good attitude, even in the midst of severe trials. Can we give God thanks for a great man and a woman of God? <clears throat> It's because He's doing well. And I mean that. I really do. And so if you do not well, will your countenance not be lifted up? Meaning if if God is kept first, everything else will come into order. And, and if you do not do well, there's a warning. There's a warning. There's a warning. Cain, you need to change something here. Cain, I'm seeing something in your heart that I don't like. I, Cain... Change your course. Change your course. Ten degrees north. Change your course. God says, Cain, if, if you do not change, sin is crouching at the door. Meaning there is destruction ahead because you're not keeping God first. Literally, this message this morning and over the next few weeks could be life or death for you and your family. Sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a desire for you. God has a desire for you, and Satan has a desire for you. He says, but you must master it. That's why we're praying and fasting right now through these 21 days. I hope you've been blessed by the praying and fasting. And the reason we're fasting food is it will not master us. The reason we're fasting electronics is because it will not master us. The reason we're fasting so forth and so on is because we will not be mastered by anything but Christ. That's why we're fasting and praying. Now look here in verse 8. This is where the revelation really gets good. It says in verse 8, So Cain told Abel his brother... I've never seen this before, Pastor Michael. This was revelation to me. Cain told Abel his brother... And it came about when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. He took a bad attitude a few steps too far. You better learn to control your anger now or it could really wind up hurting you. We teach my children right now if anything that pushes my buttons more than anything is when they hit each other as children out of anger. They, they receive more discipline and more stern discipline for anything they do when they rise up in anger and push or hit. And they don't do it very often. I have great kids. But occasionally, how you know, many kids are going to be kids? And how you know, many occasionally they will, they will push somebody or do something out of anger and man, I stop it right there and I pull them to the front of the room or wherever and we sit down, I get down on their level because I want to talk to them. And I say, listen, there are people in jail right now because they could not stop their anger. You better get it under control. Well, you shouldn't talk to an eight year old like that. I'm not waiting till he's 17. Can I have an amen? You better get that anger under control now. Ladies and gentlemen, I was at a funeral this week. From a man, 24 years old, who killed his father because they got in an argument. Strangled his father to death. A 24-year-old young man strangled his nearly 50-year-old father to death because they got in an argument. Don't tell me I shouldn't talk to my 8-year-old that way. Because if you do not get your anger under control, it will control you and it lies at the door and it's waiting for an opportunity and you are one blow-up away from running your life. Yeah, let's give God Thanks. And I mean that in the most loving and encouraging way. But sin lies at the door. And we must master it. Now, look what the Lord, I believe in my heart, just showed me through His Holy Spirit. What's just now? Cain told Abel his brother. They talked about it. What did Abel say to Cain that provoked him to such anger? I believe believe Abel, possibly, I'm just assuming. I believe Abel said, Cain, you know you've not been putting God first. Quit pouting and do what you know to do. How many know the the older brother didn't appreciate the younger brother pointing out his sin, pointing out his flaws? Now, I've got got something I've got to give you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Everybody ready? Can you smile at me? I need to see your teeth. Are you ready? Listen, listen, listen. How you respond to God's correction will determine your direction. How you respond, I felt like that was specifically for us today. How you respond to God's correction will determine your direction. This morning in church, God is correcting some of us. Some Through one-on-one relationships, God is correcting us. Through different circumstances and things, God is correcting us. Look at Proverbs 9.9. 9. Look at this. I want you to see this. Proverbs 9 and verse 9 says this. That is Hebrews 11.4, which we will read. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Why was it better? Because it was first. So I wanted to read that. Thank you, Jared. That was important. I needed to say that. So by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. What's the better sacrifice? It was first. And so now when we keep God first, we receive His correction. We receive His discipline. How you respond to God's correction will determine your direction. Listen, correction is not rejection, but it's protection and direction. Correction is not rejecting you. It's protecting you. It's directing you. And I tell my children that all the time. They don't always see it as direction and protection. But that's what I tell my children. Look at Proverbs 9.9. 9, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. He will grow wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in his learning. Give wisdom and correction to a fool, and they will reject it. Look with me at Proverbs 19.20, since we're traveling down this path. Proverbs 19:20 says this, listen to counsel and accept discipline. Discipline is either accepted or rejected. Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. So here's where I want to just kind of leave this this morning because I've got so much more that we will get into next week. But I don't want to get into something that I can't correctly cover in the time that we have this morning. But there's there's a principle in the Bible called the law of the first. And it will revolutionize everything about your Christianity. It's not just it's not just, you know, God's second and in and, and when I have time. It's starting the page. Jared, if you can't go back, I want to end with this last slide. Go back to that first slide where there was the blank page and God is at the top. So I encourage you with this, in your daily routine, in your employment, in your schooling, in everything you do, start the page with God first. I have an exercise for everybody if you want to write this down. This this will help us this week. I want you, if you can, you don't have to report to us. This is just on your own as the Lord leads you. But I want you to get a physical notebook this week and I want you to write out seven pages and at the very top I want you to put God first. And whatever you have to do that day, go ahead and write it down under that list every day. If, if Monday you have a big test, Jim was telling me over here that Mondays are a hard day for him at school. That's kind of his heavy load. He's in engineering and and it's a, a heavy load day at school. Start out God first and then write everything else you got to do that day. Just get the visual that in 2018, we're keeping God first. We're not just putting God first. Anybody can do that. We're going to be the ones that actually keep God first. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together.